Hey guys, it is Whatsoever is True. Welcome back. I am your host, Jason Coral. Yes, the author and uh, self-defense instructor. And as always, always, I like to tell you that uh, if, you, if you really want real self-defense, right, you have to know scripture because we're walking through a fallen world. And as Christians, a lot of us get confused and start thinking, I, I need a bigger house, or I need to be able to pay this bill off, or I need security from debt and from worry and from, uh, you know, not having a relationship that I want, you know, being single or getting sick or something. You know, there's always something to worry about. Well, this is the interesting thing about the Christian life is that we have the Lord Jesus Christ, right? We have the deposit of the Holy Spirit and we have the word of God. You know, it's unfortunate. It's a great lie of the devil that the word of the Lord is not our greatest treasure. It is our greatest treasure, but we, we end up thinking that it's not. We think that we need all of this other stuff. But, you know, to seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and these other things will be added to us is is really central to the Christian life. Knowing the word of the Lord, loving the word of the Lord. The law of the Lord is perfect, you know, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. That's us, you know. And uh, so when, I, I think that the, the biggest case here is when we really get into scripture and we love it and we and we know in, in our hearts from the, through the Holy Spirit what a tremendous honor and blessing it is to have this and to hold it. I I think that changes everything. Um, there was a, a ESPN did a thing on Michael Jordan not too long ago. The great basketball player Michael Jordan, and if you don't know who that is, I'm not sure where you've been the last you know 30 years or so. But that's another story for another day, right? Uh, seriously, that Jordan's last dance was about the 98 season, but there's always something that, that's resonated with me, and I, and I wanted to share that with you before I get into to this great chapter of the Bible, that when Michael Jordan won his first NBA title, you know, he'd been blocked by the, by the brutish, thuggish Detroit Pistons, right? And they had like Bill Lamdeer out there, and that guy, I tell you, I remember watching him I may I may have had some very unchristian thoughts about Bill Lamdeer back in that time. He was a, he was a brutal brutal guy underneath the basket, and they 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 treated Jordan like like it was a rugby match. They they were not very nice people, and the the, the Pistons blocking Jordan it just made it that much sweeter when he finally got through and ended up beating the Lakers in the finals in in '91. And there was a great scene of him hugging the NBA trophy and crying over it. You know, he's hugging it, clutching it to his chest. And now I don't know Mr. Jordan's heart. I'm not saying anything about that. What I wanted to make reference to is that as Christians, that should be us. The trophy, the trophy is is Jesus Christ and the kingdom of heaven, eternal life, which we have through grace alone, through faith alone. And then how do we know this through the word alone? Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know the scene I'm talking about, go look it up. Just say, you know, just you can Google Michael Jordan NBA trophy and you're going to find that photo or the video. And it's so moving how desperately Jordan wanted that title and that trophy. And, and as, as the documentary moved on, you saw his single minded focus. One of the reasons that I think he was the greatest basketball player of all time was not only because of his, his, his unique talents, but his, his also very unique single-minded focus. You know, he was, in, he was intransigent. You couldn't get him off of that, the, the critique of him, that he was too focused, he was too competitive. And I think that the Apostle Paul, when he, when he references our training in righteousness, he uses 
running and boxing. He uses the sports that he would have of the day to to illustrate that to us. And I think a lot of us are just flabby, out of shape Christians. And we should be clutching the scriptures to our chest like that, like way, the way Jordan did there, and and see that as our great prize in life. The more we know scripture, ladies and gentlemen, the happier we will be because we will have the word of the Lord just surging through us. That should be the great desire for the church, that every Christian that comes in there knows Scripture better than the, the, the current pastors of the day. Okay, so that's the goal of what I'm doing here with great chapters of the Bible. I'm going to try and give you kind of an overview of, of some of the great chapters. I'm not taking them in any real order other than just this, this is my, my podcast. It's my choice. I've got no no rhyme or reason for this. I'm going to exp- express to you some chapters of the Bible that I love and I read frequently with my family and, and give you some insight into them. And my goal will be not just hopefully that my, my editorializing on this will be helpful for you and edifying for you, but it will also ignite within you that passion and love in the Holy Spirit for his for his word and the word remember when Jesus says sanctify them in your truth your word is truth that is so important for Christian living so important for Christian living okay so what it is I've got here we go Psalm number one Psalm number one I think this is such a great short chapter of the Bible it reads this blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like shaft that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Okay, I love that, I love that, I love that, I love that. All right, here we go. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Let's, let's, let's check that out, shall we? Blessed, what does the Bible mean by the word blessed here? We're not talking about a a sort of perfunctory, obligatory, yeah, have a good day. <laughs> That's not what he's saying. He's not saying you're going to have a good day because you're blessed. The, the Bible means in blessing here that you are fortunate, prosperous, favored by God. You have the blessing of God on you. Now notice nowhere else in scripture do we say blessed is a man who is a martial arts instructor or blessed is a man who's a cook. Blessed is a man who is a mechanic. or there, There's no such thing. Blessed is a man who, what? Walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And you're, you're not going to be able to do that without the counsel of the Lord, right? Because it connects these two things. Nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. See, this is a great antithesis of life. What do we ascribe to? To, or what, what is our final authority in life? What do we believe is the ultimate authority? Everyone has one. Don't walk, don't walk through this earth thinking that, that you can be neutral. It, this is a war. This is, this is not a, a, 
a thing where you're just going to kind of get through life and you don't have to pick sides. That The real message of Christianity is consistently, is you serve a Lord or you serve an idol. One way or the other, you're going you're, you're to do one or the other. So you can't be neutral. And, and right here in this very opening of verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 1, is it's, it's laying down the battle lines of you will walk in the counsel of the wicked or in the Lord. One of the two. So you make up your mind. Choose this day whom you will serve, right? As uh, Joshua said. Well, so blessed is, is you have the blessing of the Lord. When you say prosperous, you prosper spiritually. Some of us might prosper more physically and materially than others, but that's not really the point of this. The point is that you will, you will be growing spiritually, and then that will have impact on the rest of your life. It will have impact on your relationships, right? If Think about how much pain and damage and, and agony is in our personal lives, in our homes, so much mistrust and so much so much you know, skepticism and and kind of this anger and insecurity because we're not all centered on the word of the Lord. So blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And the counsel of the wicked is telling you that God's word can't be trusted. That that is at the bottom line. The counsel of the wicked is that the word of the Lord can't be trusted, so therefore we need something else. That right there is the antithesis on the earth it goes right back to the, to the serpent in the garden did god really say he says the same thing to jesus when he comes into temptation the great cosmic showdown think about this the great cosmic showdown and we'll do this in another great chapter but the the this devil comes to the lord the lord has just been driven into the wilderness right he's been baptized he hears the father say from heaven this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And the first thing the devil hits him with, if you're the son of God, right? If, if you're, he, he, really, he just heard it. He just heard it. The devil's always going to ask you to question the word of God. Can you trust it? So when it says walks in the council, it means that you're not just believing in it, that you're giving the Lord intellectual assent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe God is God. I hear this all the time. I would say this, and I'm going to tell you something that, that might be controversial, and you know, I'm sorry that this is offensive, but I would say nine times out of ten when I talk to people who are professing Christians and they profess to believe in the Lord, they believe in God, and then, next question, they believe the Bible is the Word of God. Nine times out of ten, they either don't really believe that or they're not walking in it. There's no habitual pattern. Walking is what the, the Bible would refer to as the habitual pattern of life. You know, this guiding your steps. Before you make decisions, you consider the word of the Lord. Before you come to a conclusion, you go, hmm, I wonder if I'm right with this. Right? That would be the Christian point. Think about how the Old Testament saints, before something would happen, and they would go inquire of the Lord. No, David inquires of the Lord. He says, you know, hey, are they going to give me over to Saul if I stay here? And, and, and yeah, he, they, they will. Oh, okay, I'm going. Uh, you don't see that with Bathsheba. David doesn't go, yeah, yeah Lord, uh, can I have a, a sexual relationship with another man's wife? You know, he doesn't ask that. That's always a good sign that you're in sin, is that you're not, you're not submitting to the will of the Lord and uh, bringing your thoughts to the Lord. So, the wicked again says God's word can't be trusted. Let's go someplace else. And that's how you end up, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. 
Now, you'll get that scoffers a lot in the book of Proverbs. What happens when people reject the word of the Lord is that they reject absolute truth. And so the, the, the consequences of that sin runs roughshod over our intellect. And you'll notice this. I'm sure you've got friends. I'm sure you've been on social media. Scoffers and mockers abound. They make fun of things. They're always trying to outdo one another and having little witty comebacks and put downs. That's what they pride themselves on. Well, nothing wrong with sarcasm. Sarcasm can work. You know, Elijah was sarcastic in some cases. However, we need to be careful with that because the, the scoffing and mocking is a sign of, of the mind and heart that isn't set on the Lord and is upset and is, is mocking truth. That is a good sign. Not Again, not that somebody's being silly or sometimes sarcastic. Those are not necessarily sins, certainly not. But the scoffer mocks truth. They mock real philosophy, Christian philosophy, and so forth. Um, Again, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. We're moving to verse 2. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, don't freak out and think that, oh my goodness, I have to quit my job and stop doing things and just meditate on the word of the Lord day and night. No, what this means is that, that you delight in the law of the Lord. You delight in the Bible. You delight in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you go back to Deuteronomy and talk, talking about which, which, which Jesus quotes back to Satan when Satan tempts him. In Matthew chapter 4. So, what we're hearing is that you're walking in the counsel of the Lord and you know that it is good. You know the Lord is good. This is his world. And righteousness has its rewards. Now, once again, I may not be as rich as Michael Jordan, and I'm pretty sure at my age I'm not ever going to be. That's not the point of the blessedness and the delight in the word of the Lord, in the law of the Lord. That's not the point. If you're trying to get a quid pro quo here and saying, if I do this for God, you know what? He's going to give me a big check. <laughs> that, that's, that's completely misconstruing what the Bible is. And it lends to like a prosperity gospel thing. It makes God out to be a genie in a bottle. Now, he'll bless us as he blesses us. That, that's not the point. Now, he'll bless us as he, as he deems fit because he's God and he's perfect. And his will for us is perfect and good. And he's going to drive sin out from us. And we're going to grow in practical holiness as we move from one phase of glory to the next in our lives. We will have sufferings. We will have trials. That's not what this says. Okay. Um, we're going to get into that. But we delight in it because we know it's good. And we know there's nothing else better in all of the world than the word of the Lord. That's one of the big marks of the Christian life and Christian growth is when you realize that there's nothing greater in life than the Word of the Lord. I have, by way of confession, I love my truck. I have a beautiful pickup truck. I love that truck. Sometimes I come out and I just look at it. When I look at it, I'm, I'm just thinking, Lord, isn't this awesome? I love it. I love the way it sounds when it starts. I love every little thing about it. I love the tires. I love the wheels. Uh, it's just a, it's, you know, it's a man's truck. It's awesome. And I, you know, and I can, I can look at that, and I, and I don't think there's any sin or, or, or pride in it, because I'm thinking, Lord, this is great. This is wonderful what you've, you know, allowed me to, to possess. No, if I love that to the point where that, that becomes the standard, well, that's a different issue altogether. Okay, I don't delight in that truck. I enjoy it. We delight in the word of the Lord and inner being that we wouldn't, we don't want anything to take that from us. If you said, well, I'll give you even a better truck 
if you stop reading the Bible, I would, no way. I will drive that truck off a cliff before I give up my scripture. Okay, that's the heart set. The, the delight is not in the things of the world. Those things of the world are nice. There's nothing terrible about them. And, and so there, how do you meditate on it day and night? Well, because you're, you're, you're thinking about it. That's what your delight is, right? I don't, I don't think about my truck all the time. <laughs> Wonderful though it is, but I delight in the word of the Lord, right? So you think about it. Things come up and you're thinking about it. That's what it means. It doesn't mean you just quit your job and, you, and you, you move to the top of a mountain, okay? And it likens you when, you're, when you delight in the word of the Lord. Think, think about this. It likens you to a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit, the fruits of righteousness, peace, joy, right? All of that, fruits of the Spirit, in its season, and its leaf doesn't wither. You will go through storms. You will go through trials. Yes, you will. But overall, you will prosper in the Lord. In all that he does, he prospers. Okay, all that he does, he prospers. Now, this isn't to be taken as a step-by-step -step thing, right? You think about in, in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen gives a tremendous rundown, overview of the Old Testament, uh, he, he talks about Joseph and Moses and so forth, and he'll, he'll make comments, and this is what the Holy Spirit often does, because the, for the Lord, a day is like in a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. The Lord's timeline for your life and for my life is going to be his timeline. It's going to be perfect. All things are going to work together for our good, for those of us who love God in Christ Jesus. But... When he says you will prosper, doesn't mean every day of your life is going to be all hunky-dory. Don't fall for that because remember, we delight in the word of the Lord. That's unchangeable. Our emotions are not gauges over which we can judge our spirituality. Don't fall for that, right? Because the enemy will be there to tell you, see, you know, you're upset. You had a bad day. You were mad at the kids, right? You were grumpy at work or whatever it was. And so therefore, you're not a real Christian and God doesn't want to hear from you. That is not biblical Christianity. The Lord is the same today, tomorrow, forever. Thank God for that. Because we won't be. We're going to be, we're going to be banged around a little bit. We're going, to, we're going to be taking hits from this world, right? And that's the thing to remember is that we prosper over the long haul, and in particular in righteousness, not necessarily in our you know, finances. Now, generally, this has been my experience, that I have prospered more in, in my life as I've applied myself to a particular field and continued to improve at it and learn how to become better at it and so forth, that, that has yielded more financial rewards. But that is, again, through my service of the Lord in a vocation that I believe that I'm, I'm equipped for. And it will be the same for you, okay? Don't think of prosper as, as material wealth only that might come and whatever it does that is that is the lord's business the biblical model for for economic growth is little by little incremental increase as you grow and get better and better at your field of work your vocation and through the application of the spiritual lessons to your personal life don't fall for get rich quick schemes and all the other stuff don't think prosper means you have to be super rich or else you're not being spiritual that's not what that means. Think of it in terms of, again, fruits of the Spirit. Planted by streams of water, it yields its fruit. You will develop fruits of righteousness. You know, one of the great joys in my life is that people come to me and ask me questions about the Bible. 
And I think to myself a lot when I'm when, when that happens of what an incredible privilege that is. Right? That's what we should that's what I yearn for for everybody listening, is that people come to you in your personal life and they say, Hey, by the way, I was reading this in the Bible. And they want to know what the Bible says, and they know you know the Bible. And they see that in your life. That is prospering, my friend. That is an incredible blessing. Can you imagine the most high God? has chosen you, saved you, and you get to be an ambassador for Christ? Are you kidding me? That is an incredible blessing. It's, 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 it's unfathomable that a sinner such as me and a sinner such as you would know the word of the Lord and, and another sinner would come and ask them about it, right? And there should be in that joy and that humility that we do that. So, so in all that he does, he prospers, and he's prospering once again because of a connection to our commitment to our love of and our delight in the word of the Lord. Of course, the wicked aren't so because they're acting as on premises that are flawed, that are wrong, and they're making things up as they go. Their, their standards and rules are always changing because none of it ever makes sense. They solve one problem. It probably was a real problem. They solve one problem on the world's principles, which causes a bunch of other problems. <laughs> That's what sin does, right? Think about it. If you're lonely and you're heartbroken or you're <clears throat> whatever, and you eat too much because of it, well, that solves a problem, but it gives you another problem. Lack of health, you get heavy, right? you, know, you feel, feel guilty. What, maybe you do it through having an affair. That causes a host of other problems. And obviously adultery is far worse than, than uh, you know, eating too much, but that's the point. Anyway, the wicked are not so bad like shaft that the wind drives away because they're just not going to stand. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, I'm wrapping that up quick because I'm kind of long here. But, but the point is, is that the, the word of the Lord tells us about the Lord. And it tells us about his world. This is his world. That's why everything we say is moral. Everything we say has a moral impact. We can't escape that. And so when we live in accordance with his will, we will have struggles and we will have challenges. But hopefully in the Lord, we won't be the cause of those. That was a big difference my friend, a big difference. The wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The way of the wicked will perish. There will be judgment. You're looking right now, if you're looking at the news and uh, whatever it is that vexes you, and, and, and evil will and sin will vex us and shit as Christians. But remember, remember that the Lord will judge all sin. And we pray that people turn to Christ for that. But, but they, the wicked will not sin in the judgment. And though we will see struggles and trials in this life, we do know that at the end of the day, God does not settle all accounts on our timeline, but on his timeline. So we trust in him and we wait on him. And that should give us peace even in the storms. Now, the Christian isn't exempt from the storms of life. He stands right beside the sinner a lot of times. The thing is, is that he's got peace in the middle of that storm. Because he knows that the way of the wicked will perish. But the Lord knows the way of the righteous by faith in Christ. So, there you go. That's my, that's my deal in great chapters of the Bible. Uh, Psalm number one. And I just hope and pray that you listen to this. Are blessed by, by, by my meager efforts here. And what a blessing it is to just talk about it. 
and and hopefully this ignites within you a passion to understand the word of the Lord and, and to get into it yourself. Don't take my word for it. You know, be in a good Bible believing church where you are where you are and just and ask the Lord to bless you. Ask him to open your eyes. You know, listen to this podcast and others like it. And 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 I'm I'm I just cannot begin to tell you enough what a blessing this has been in my life and in my home. You know, meditate on it day and night. You know, you get a moment break the Bible open and start reading it with the family, that kind of thing. You don't have to set a schedule. If you're more of a details person, you want to say, okay, 7 p.m., this is what we're going to do. That's fine. But but meditating on it day and night is more, it indicates a, spontane, a spontaneity, a, a, a person who's just you're bursting over with it because you're so in love with it. Anyway. As much as I love the scripture and, and love you guys, uh, I do need to go. I need to let you guys get back on with your life, right? But thank you so much for listening to Whatsoever is True. And uh, I am your host, Jason Coral. Uh, you know, please check me out if you want to on Amazon. I've got some self-defense books and, and some fiction and, and all that stuff. And hopefully more coming, God willing. And uh, hopefully I'll be a benefit to you in that regard as well. All right, take care. Catch you next time.